Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the Jerry Petito Show on Remember Then Radio. You know, guys, I've always got really cool guests for you, and I've got another incredibly beautiful guest, inside and out. But before we introduce her, I'm going to introduce my guest co-host, and I'm sure he's going to want to introduce our beautiful star guest. So, Justin, say hello to everyone. Tell everyone who you are. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for the introduction. (laughs) Uh, Well, hey, guys. Uh, This is uh, Justin Drummond. I have been uh, co-hosting for... uh, a couple of uh, Jerry's shows now, and uh, we definitely like have an incredible show for you guys today. Well, first of all, he's he's co-hosted, guest co-hosted many more than a couple of shows for me. He's no stranger to the Jerry Petito show. Um, you've been on so many. You've been helping me out for probably a year and a half now or so. Um, uh, so yeah. I really appreciate that, Justin. So why don't you do the big intro? All right. Uh, again with that intro oh my god (laughs) okay so um we are so excited uh to feature uh this incredible guest that we have uh she is a singer she is an opera singer she was miss orange county and uh, she even uh performed uh for uh like uh one of the greats uh donny osmond on i can see your voice and we're incredibly excited to hear her story today uh this is Catherine reeves Catherine, how you doing hi i'm good how are you I'm good. Like, uh, uh, we are so excited. And like, uh, when I, uh, uh, found out that you wanted to do the show with us, like I immediately like, uh, could not say no. And we're excited <laughs> you. So you. Catherine, I want to say thank you for this opportunity as well. And for honoring us with this incredible interview. I want to say something. I know, Ju- I know Justin's busting at the seams with questions and all that, but I want to say something to you about Donny Osmond. So, I'm older, okay? I'll be 60 years old. You're young, right? Like 25? Yes. So when I was told by Justin, wait till you hear her voice, and also she was inspired by Donny Osmond and actually met him, I was blown away. Someone so young felt that way about him. I mean, to me, I understand me. So tell us a little bit about that. So my parents have always loved the Osmond brothers and the Osmond family. And when I was little, they like one of the first musicals I was started off on was uh, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. And Donny Osmond starred as Joseph in that movie. <laughs> so I would watch that on repeat and I got into musical theater that way. I was in Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat like three separate times. It was one of my favorite shows. So I was floored and stunned and my parents were so thrilled when we figured out that the guest judge on the I Can See Your Voice was Donny Osmond and I was had the opportunity as well during the show to tell him that he was one of the reasons that I started doing musical theater was because I had watched him so often when I was little well I am so excited about just that you are incredible your resume your bio it's unbelievable to me and your voice is off the charts but that blew me away too okay I just have to tell you that <laughs> I was a huge Donny Osmond fan. Um, So, Justin, you know what I think we'll do? Everyone in the chat room is waiting to hear her voice. Let's play one of her songs first. Then we'll have her talk about it, and then you can ask some questions. How about that? Sounds good. All right. We have have a bunch of your songs, and they're incredible. Here we go, guys. Catherine Reeves, everyone. Birds flying high You know how 
like what this song means to you and I have to say something to you so I interview a lot of musicians a lot of singers from back in the day to present and that song is one of the greatest songs ever sung and 
I've never ever really heard a bad version of it. They're all beautiful. But your version to me is off the charts. Oh, thank you so much. I had to say that to you. So tell us a little bit about you singing this song and then Justin, you can talk. So, uh, Feeling Good, it's one of my absolute favorite songs, and I've been listening to it for years. I am the biggest fan of Michael Bublé, and that's where I originally heard it. I know it's older than that, but that was the first time I've ever been exposed. And Catherine, wait, Catherine, stay a little closer to the mic, sweetie. Okay. There you go. Are we good? Go ahead. All right. I just fell in love with Michael Bublé singing this song, and it's so powerful and so strong, and it gives itself so well to so many vocal inflections that I knew I always wanted to sing it and then I had the opportunity to sing it on television where I can see your voice and when they told me that was the song I was going to be singing I was extremely happy oh my goodness what an amazing 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 version you you changed it you twisted it a little bit and it's unbelievable so thank you for that thank you Justin Okay, yeah, I, I was just gonna say, like, uh, I really love when artists like, uh, like, put their own spin, like, on, uh, like, uh, their songs. Like, uh, I really love the fact that, like, you made it your own, and uh, uh, definitely shows uh, that there's uh, absolutely no one on this earth that can sing like you. So, good job. Thank you. Okay, so I usually uh, start uh, with uh, the same question, like for uh, every musician. Um, Tell us a little bit about uh, when uh, you first uh, wanted to sing. Like, what was your first memory of uh, remembering, like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? So I started out really, really young. Uh, My parents put me into dance when I was around two, and then I was on stage for the first time when I was three. And I immediately became hooked to the lights, to the audience, to the makeup, smell, everything about theater. And I started pursuing that really heavily. But it wasn't until I had seen Anina Menzel in her Barefoot at the Symphony concert. My parents and I went to the, I believe it was the Greek, to go watch her. That sitting in that audience with all those people around, I was staring at her transfixedly on the stage. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I know right now that I want to be in front of people, bring them joy through music, and just be able to deliver that to someone. Be the shiny light in someone's day, turn their day around through music, through song, and that was really the defining moment for me. Wow. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. You know, um, hearing you say you want to bring people joy and, you know, when you're gifted a voice and a talent like you have, you will spread joy all over the world because when you, when you have it and it's inside of you and you're willing to share it, that's the greatest gift you could give everyone. Oh, thank you. It, it It's very fun to be able to sing in front of people. That's why this pandemic's been really cool. Um, yes. You can't sing in front of people. So that's the thing I'm missing the most, I guess. Right. That's right. Justin, any more questions? I'm sure you do. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, I mean, like, uh, it's really good that you want to spread joy because, I mean, I really feel like uh, in a time like this, uh, we absolutely uh, need uh, more uh, uh, joy and uh, happiness, like, uh, uh, through uh, music. Um, 
uh, which uh, leads me to my next question. Uh, what are you doing uh, to like maybe uh, keep everyone uh, busy or like tell us what you have uh, going on right now in the works? So at the beginning of the pandemic, I started this thing that I was posting on Instagram called Sing for the Quarantine. And I was singing almost every day short snippets of different songs that came into mind. Like I did a full opera week. I did a full Broadway week. And people were telling me that they were coming to my Instagram and people in my life were coming to my Instagram to watch because it was the one bright moment in their day was me being a goofball and singing. (laughs) There was times that I dressed up. So like during Disney week, I did all the Disney princesses and I would do the makeup and the hair to look like like Cinderella or something. So that was really fun. And then this has been so long though that I got to do I Can See Your Voice. And through the Instagram, through the quarantine and sing, I actually have had producers who are speaking to me and currently we're working on releasing my first single. And it'll be written by me, which is shocking because I've never written music before. Um, so yeah, currently that's in the works. But... Yeah, wait. So you, wait. So you never uh, written like uh, any uh, music at all? No, and I, I think here's the reason. First of all, I love the oldies. Like I love Frank Sinatra. I love Dean Martin. Like Rosemary Clooney, Judy Garland. Those are my people that I grew up listening to. But also, when you are trained in opera and you're trained in classical music, when someone says, write a song, the first thing I think of is, I don't want to try and compete against Mozart. Like, that's a horrible oh, idea. Wow. But because when you're in classical training, they teach you, like, chord progressions and how to write for violin and how to write for harp. And I'm not going to avoid the thought that I'm really bad at it. Like, I'm horrendous at writing for harp or violin. And so when I met this producer and he was speaking to me, I was like, I don't I have no background that's good enough to write music on the level of like Mozart and Vivaldi. He looks at me and he goes, no pop singer today is going to be going through chord progressions and stuff. It's mostly writing music that you're passionate about and then matching melodies and working with other groups of people to put together a song. So that's what we're currently doing. Wow. Very interesting. I love the way you put that, but you're not competing. Trust me. You will keep their music alive and, and your songwriting, I'm sure, is going to be incredible. So Hopefully. I want to give a shout out to a few people in the chat room, Justin, at this moment. And then we're going to play Amazing Grace, um, one of the most beautiful songs ever sung. So I want to give a shout out to first and foremost, Stevie, who is one of the owners, him and Angel, of Remember Then Radio. And I always say this, especially through this past year, like you were saying, um, Catherine, you know, it's been a tough year for everyone. And remember them radio, this platform has helped so many people, you know, 24 seven, they can come onto this platform and come into remember them radio and they can hear music. Um, so it's really helped people and you musicians as well. I thank you all for what you've done and all the DJs out there, especially through this past year, people have needed this. Um, I want to give a shout out to Baba Lou because he's always in the chat room and he's always the first person there and he's got the front row seat. So I want to say hello to Baba Lou. I want to say hello to everyone in there. Um, and I want to give a shout out to Kojak cause he's a fellow co-host on remember then radio as well. Um, and I, I'm going to tell everybody the show times and all that, but right now, what I would like to do is play amazing grace because we cannot wait to hear it. Here we go, guys. Amazing grace. 
Justin, um, what do you think about that song? And then we'll have her talk about it. You know, I was uh, really like just uh, taking my time and just listening to the song. And uh, I, I, when you uh, like I said before that like you have absolutely uh, no uh, history of music, and I really uh, think that like with uh, a voice like that, um, you definitely. Uh, uh, definitely need like some kind of uh you definitely need a little bit of a time to uh find like a a way to do that and i really i really think that you definitely uh should write a song i mean i know it may not be for everyone uh, but uh i'm just uh picturing like a song that's actually written by you like hearing your first original and i can see everyone loving it Yes, absolutely. Catherine, tell us about this song, what it means to you. Amazing Grace. Uh, getting, I, okay, well, I get to sing it a lot. Um, I've been singing it since I was little, and then you get asked to sing it in churches quite often. <laughs> and I like to sing it a cappella because I feel like a lot of songs that are spirituals or things people had sung a while ago are meant to be sung acapella often because it wasn't something meant for an audience necessarily it wasn't something meant to gain crowds it was something people sang because that's what their heart felt that's what their soul felt and that's what was going to make them happy at the time 
someone could sing it to their little girl or their little boy trying to put them to sleep. Someone could sing it if they felt lost, if they were having trouble in their life. So music like Amazing Grace, I've always liked to sing in the bare minimum, in the raw, because it feels like the most authentic that way. And it's always just so fun to be able to sing songs like that, especially in rooms that have really big echoes, because <laughs> as a performer, as a singer, you get to listen to it back. And it's just... It's a really interesting experience as the person emitting the noise, I guess. <laughs> I'm giggling because everything you're saying, JR said in the chat room, wow, it sounds like she's singing in a church. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it did. And uh, my favorite is acapella, no matter what song it is. So for me to hear you sing one of the greatest songs ever, one of my favorite songs, acapella, on my show here today on Remember Them Radio is incredible. So thank you for that song. No problem. (laughs) Um, I want to say hello to a few other people in the chat room. I want to say hello to Tom and Diane and Bill and JR and the new guy, whoever the new guy is. Hello to you. Um, But I want to give a little shout out here. So here we go, guys. Hi, this is Ken Kojak from the 60s Jukebox Review. You're listening to the Jerry Petito Show, my fellow co-host on Remember Then Radio. So that's Kenny Kojak, everyone. So I want to let everyone know when his show is. His show is Monday nights, 8 p.m., the 60s Jukebox Review. And then, of course, Stevie. His show is Tuesday nights, 8 p.m., Doop the Way You Want It with Stevie. And then let's not forget Angel. Her show is Sunday nights, 8 p.m., The Vault of Memories with Angel. Catherine, you should check out these three shows in particular because they're all doo-wop and oldies and just beautiful songs um, that you would absolutely love. Sounds fantastic. Okay. So, Justin, what would you like to say? So, I want to uh, feedback, uh, like, uh, go on, like, and step piggyback off of the uh, questions that I were asking you before. Um, so, you said that um, you've never written a song before, um, but I'm kind of curious uh, to know, like, if you uh, were to write, write a song, like, what would, like, the perfect song, like, uh, be for you? Ooh, great question. I strive, I guess is the correct word, um, to... In my musical career, my goal is to take the music of, like, the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s, so things sung by, like, Elvis Presley, Frank Sinatra, people of that caliber, and to combine it with a modern-day mix so that it's accessible to the audiences today and that they'll listen to it. So any type of music, any single that I write, I hope has an uplifting feeling to it, has that bounce when you want to listen to it, when you're driving down, like, PCH, just listening to it with your windows down, and you're like, this makes me feel good. Um, that's the type of music that I hope to write, that I'm, my goal is to write. And in a single from me, you will definitely hear a huge like orchestration, because bands and brass and drums and like violins and strings and all those instruments are extremely important to me. I think it adds a certain meat to a song, and so that is what the goal is for my first single for any music that I write and any music that I sing. So Catherine, I have to interject here real quick because you, of course, mentioned my guy. You know, music is a must for you to keep your joy, especially if it's Elvis, because Elvis is my boy. (laughs) So 
Elvis. She pre- asked about Elvis on every single show. Kevin okay, but she worry. brought but she brought him up. She mentions his name. Listen, I was waiting for her to mention Elvis. Um, so on the eighth, January eighth, Elvis Presley would have been eighty six years old. And Monday night at eight p.m., I'm actually Kojak's guest, and it's all about Elvis because I'm a huge Elvis fan. So everybody out there listening, please try to tune in to RTR Monday night, eight p.m. We're celebrating the life of the king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley, for his, what would have been, 86th birthday. So, Catherine, did you love Elvis? Come on, answer correctly. I can honestly say yes. I do love Elvis <laughs> um, I'm not lying. My dad loves Elvis. He wanted to go see him in Hawaii. He didn't get to, but he wanted to so badly. But yes. he's the biggest fan of Elvis Presley. And when I was little... When I was born, when I was little, like baby, he used to sing um, Young and Beautiful to me uh. to make me go to sleep. So that is actually one of our biggest like music bonds is our love for Elvis Presley. And funny fact, you're going to laugh at this, I guarantee. When I was little, um, I didn't realize that musicians and singers didn't go into a music studio every single time you like put a cd into a radio to play <laughs> i thought they were just like bolting to the music studio and like singing for everybody who was playing their songs at the that's time. great and then i realized that was an issue when my dad started playing elvis presley and he was, had passed away years ago and i was like wait that's great that's great so how about you don't have to tell me that about how old is your dad my dad is 61, I believe, roughly. He was born in 1960 on the dot. Okay, and so he's 61. Birthday's the day after mine. Okay, um, he's 61. I'll be 60. So I get it with your dad. And um, the funny thing about this is I was supposed to go see Elvis as well. And I still have the ticket. It's framed in my Elvis poker room. I even had an Elvis <laughs> poker table made. <laughs> And 2,000 Elvis chips, and you should see my home. So I'm just as a bigger fan, as big a fan as his, but I have the ticket framed. And I got to do an incredible interview, which I can now rest in peace when I go with Elvis Presley's nurse, Marion. How about that? That's incredible. Yep. And, and Priscilla knows me and said to say hello to me, and I might be meeting her next year. Oh. So, yes. So I'm just trying. It's a Graceland. <laughs> well, I've been there several times. You got to go, sweetheart, of course. And I hope, you know, the next year or so gets better for everyone. And I hope you get there. Fingers so, crossed. Fingers crossed. And tell your dad, I give him a high five. Yes. So he might want to, oh, tell him he might want to check out our show Monday night. If, yeah, yep. I think he's actually listening to this. Somehow, okay. So. Um, well, we have a new guy in the chat room. Could that be your dad? Is he in our chat room? All right, well, maybe. So let him know. It's all about Elvis, babe. So now let's get back to you. Let's play another song. And then, Justin, you'll have the floor with her. Here we go, guys. I just love your music. Wow. Here we go. Two of us are walking there 
Absolutely beautiful. Tell us about this song, what it means to you, and then Justin, you can have the floor. That was actually off of my first Christmas album, The Heart of Christmas, that was just released this winter, so available on Amazon and iTunes and Spotify. But the Bell of St. Paul, I precursor to this. My father and I are very close in with my music and all that, so I referred to him as my dadager for a very long time. Um, your dad, what? Your what did you my say? Dad, my dad, my like a manager. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so kind of like a stage mom, but my dad, So he told me for years, he was like, "You can't sing the bells of St. Paul. You're not old enough. You're not. Your vo- voice is not mature enough. You're not ready to sing it." And then one Christmas, he was like, "I think you're there. You can totally sing the song. Go for it and try it." And it became that Christmas, I sang it for a concert and. Everyone in the audience, someone actually yelled, go dad, because they were so thrilled that I had sung it for them. And so afterwards, it's become a staple in my Christmas repertoire, I guess is the best way to phrase it. So, yeah, it's just one of those songs that when you listen to it, you can visualize what's being sung and you really feel like you're there. It's amazing. Justin, what would you like to say? All right, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, I Can See Your Voice uh, and how you got there. Um, This is actually uh, my first time uh, interviewing uh, someone from a uh, a brand new show that just came out. So tell us a little bit about uh, how you got there and uh, uh, what the show was like. So I have been auditioning online through different differing casting sites for the entire pandemic 
I am one of those people who went into the pandemic and was like, well, if I'm stuck in the house and I have to do this by the time I'm out, man, I'm going to be like such a star. <laughs> I love that. So, I was auditioning for everything. I would turn in like 10 auditions a day. By the time I, like, by the time you look at my like past applications, there's almost 200 applications sent into different places and that's only on one website. So, but like, with everybody, you get kind of down, and you're like, oh, nobody's responding, and I had stopped applying for a bit, and then one day I was like, you know what, you're never going to be able to win any games you don't play in. Like, you're never going to be able to do something that you've never even tried to do. So I started putting my auditions in again, and there was this one audition that said, like, good and or bad singers needed for a TV show. And I looked at it, and it had been in my queue for a while, and I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this would entail, but I hope I'm a good singer. <laughs> so I sent my music in on a whim. Like, it was one of those things I was like, I guess I'll do it. They probably won't say yes, but we'll try. So I sent my music in, and I got a reply back that they wanted more music from me and that this was a new show called I Can See Your Voice, and it needed good or bad singers for the show. So by the time we had finished auditioning, or by the time I had finished auditioning, the producers had quite a few videos of me um, from Instagram, from me sending them to them, all sorts of different outlets. And I remember getting the phone call from one of the producers saying that, yes, they would like me on the show. And I was so thrilled. Like that, that excitement when you're like five and you're going to Disneyland, that was the level of excitement. I was jumping up and down. I ran my... <laughs> in the like the front room and I was my face was so red because I was in the middle of like crying from joy and like kind of hyperventilating so there was no middle ground there um and my mom was like what happened and I told her and she was like that's fantastic and so it took off and I got to go down to Fox and we filmed and we rehearsed we rehearsed for a very long time and the filming day they sent a car for me to come to my house to pick me up and to drive me to Fox like to CBS Studios wow. for the Fox show. And you never felt so fancy ever before, let me tell you. That's great. <laughs> but it was thrilling for me because my great-grandfather was in the movie business as well, was in shows. And so he got cars sent, and my grandparents lived next door. So my great-grandfather's daughter, who's my grandmother, lived next door, and they saw this car drive up. And it was just one of those moments where you're like, yeah, guys, like, Thank you for letting me do this. Thank you for letting me pursue my dreams because we're here. And it was four in the morning, but it was still so memorable and so fun to be a part of. And now the people from the show who were the uh, voice, like the secret voices, we're all in this ginormous, I'm not even sure that's a word, um, like chat on Instagram where we're all keeping in contact and we're working together with each other on different um projects and we just released with the help of fox the like old lang syne um new year's song on instagram and different platforms so it's really made a sense of community in a time where you never thought you were going to gain another sense of community because you weren't allowed to see anybody but the extent to which they went for safety we had to be tested for covid every three days everyone was wearing masks it was six feet apart there was plexiglass everywhere so that nobody was in danger and it just made everything feel a lot safer and we were able to practice our craft in such an odd time 
Wow. Yeah. And I do want to I do want to say uh, one thing because uh, like Jerry is like uh, not very familiar with like all of these uh, singing competitions. Um, right. I just want I just want to explain like a little bit like to everyone like who's listening out there like what the show is. Um, it's this amazing uh, guessing show game where a contestant like has to uh, uh, spot like who can sing and who cannot sing, and the goal is to eliminate. Uh, uh, as many bad singers as you can, like, and if you do that, uh, you win, uh, you win like a little mo- bit of money, and okay. then uh, uh, once like everyone is uh, eliminated, like you want, there's going to be one singer left, and that one singer you're really hoping is a good singer, and if they are a good singer, then uh, then you win a huge cash prize, and I uh, I just really am a little bit upset that you didn't actually. Uh, get to perform with them in the afternoon. <laughs> like, uh, seriously, like, that would have been, like, the icing on the cake. I, yeah, I was, I was hoping, but it was fun either way, and then the constant repartee that you get to see as being behind the scenes between the celebrity ju- judges and the celebrity guests and the host, it's really hard to keep a straight face. Oh my gosh. Thanks for telling everyone about that, Justin, because you're right. A lot of my peers as well wouldn't know that. So I love the way you um, described that. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm really sorry, Catherine. I thought you were a bad singer. (laughs) (laughs) No! Okay, he's fired. Get out. We're going to get him off this line right now. (laughs) Quite a a few people actually did think that I was a bad singer, but we had... um, little miniature story we had uh, headsets in our ears for the singing and when i got eliminated and i walked up i could hear like i adjusted my mic and i heard donny osmond turn around and look at adrian below and was like oh no she's a good singer and they were like why do you think so and he goes no one else adjusts their mic <gasps> oh no yeah and then you said t- then like you like uh took your glasses off you like you threw your hair back and then like oh my god like that that girl can really sing <laughs> <laughs> The glasses and the hair were by far the most stressful part of the entire thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. All right. So let's play another song. Everyone's like itching in the chat room to hear another song. Here we go, guys. So this one's called Golden Green. I cannot wait to hear what you want to say about this after we play it. Here we go, guys.
I love Christmas music. And, you know, I listen to it all through January. So this was so beautiful. Yeah, Christmas, like, really isn't over until, like, uh, winter is over. So. Right. <laughs> Christmas isn't over until we say it is. That's right, girl. So tell us about this song, Catherine. This song is originally sung by Sugarland, actually. It's a the country group. And I... <laughs> Jennifer Nettles' voice is very, very low. My voice is also very low, but I always had... Like, it never sounded correct with me singing the, like, lowest note. And so my dad was always like, just switch it up. So I'm actually... That is not the like original melody i just sang different harmonies that would go with the original melody because it's kind of played in the piano underneath it and i actually really liked the way it came out it's beautiful i love the way it came out absolutely Thanks. beautiful justin what do you think yeah again i really uh, love like how you uh change things and like make it your own like amazing thank you Okay, uh, so um, I want to ask you, uh, so uh, you were on the show, uh, I can see your voice, and uh, so how was your experience uh, after the show? Like, uh, did you get, like, a, a, a lot of people reaching out to you, like, or, like, uh, was it, like, sort of a different reaction than, like, what you expected? No, the the amount of people who reached out to me across, across a lot of social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook was stunning, honestly. Um, because the show like starts on the East Coast and then it comes across because of time zones, uh, there were people who were finding my Instagram and joining my Instagram following really early, like three hours before the show was ever going to show on our coast. And at the time, I was at work, and then suddenly my phone just starts, like, going off consistently, and I was like, what on earth? Who died? Like, what is going on? And I looked at it, and my Instagram following was going up, like, by tons of people, and my brother contacted me, who lives in New Hampshire, and he was like, you were incredible. That was so much fun. Like, I can't believe you you were on TV. Like, when you reach stardom, can I have, like, the West Wing of your house? And I was like, <laughs> Uh, wait, wait, what my, did you say? The West house, Wing. The West Wing of my house. It's always been a joke that when I, if I ever become a star, quote unquote, um, that I would have my brother live with me and he would have <laughs> the West Wing of my house. Um, oh my God. I love that. Go ahead. Very my brother and I are best friends. He's older than me by four years, three years roughly, um, depending on when you are putting the birthdays. But yeah, he watched it with his girlfriend. And as the time went on and got closer to when we could watch it, people were from contacting me from like Colorado, Michigan, South Dakota, through Instagram and being like, you were incredible. And I, it didn't occur to me, it, I guess it should have occurred to me, but it didn't occur to me that people across the United States would be watching it consistently and then finding my Instagram being like, this is the person we just watched and telling me all these incredible things and how they love the show so much. So it was really fun for somebody who isn't used to it, I guess. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, you know what I want to do, Justin? Right now, I think what I want to do is tell everyone a little bit about you as well. Okay? We have listeners out there, and I want to give a shout-out to this young man, Justin Drummond. And, you know, um, there's a reason why 
I respect him so much. Not only is he awesome at what he does, he has some struggles as well. And the reason we bring them up is because we want people out there to know that nothing should stop you in life to follow your dreams. I love Justin Drummond and he brings me a lot of incredible superstars in the making and he's just awesome. Tell everyone a little bit about you and how they can reach out to you, Justin. Yeah, so um, I, uh, well, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much, uh, Catherine, uh, for taking the time out of your busy life to uh, uh, do this interview with us. No problem. All right. Um, But yeah, uh, I really enjoy uh, listening uh, to uh, people's stories. um, And I really love, uh, like, uh, the fact that, like, I get to talk to some of these people and uh, the minute, like, uh, I, like, uh, first started uh, working for Jerry, I, uh, like, uh, immediately, like, uh, Jerry immediately said, uh, you know what, Justin, like, you're doing the interview with me. And I was like, excuse me, like, I have absolutely, uh, I had no training, like, in uh, uh, doing a podcast, uh, because I, I, I was uh, also uh, struggling with Asperger's syndrome, which is... Uh, a, uh, a disorder that kind of makes you a little bit socially awkward and uh, speech like can always be a little uh, bit of a difficulty. I sometimes stutter a little bit. And uh, I definitely uh, uh, have uh, found the courage like to actually uh, do uh, these uh, podcasts. And I absolutely uh, want to thank you, uh, Jerry, for uh, uh, trusting me uh, with uh, your platforms. It's okay. I love you, man. Um, the reason why I like Justin telling everyone that is because so many people out there think that if they struggle with something, their life is over and they can't pursue their dreams. And that's not true. And Justin's here to tell you that. Look at what this young man is doing. Right, Justin? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. So, Catherine, let's play another one of your incredible songs. And, you know, um, people are saying things in the chat room that even though Christmas has passed, um, the the pictures this song paints are beautiful anytime your music. So I just wanted to let you know that Catherine. Oh, thank you. Beautiful. So here we go. Let's play hard candy Christmas. I love it. Maybe I'll move somewhere Maybe I'll get a car 
beautiful. Tell us what that song means to you. I guess it means Christmas. Uh, yeah, I've grown up on country music, and it's one of the greats who wrote it. Dolly Parton is a fantastic songwriter. Yes. Uh, a iconic singer, and I can't imagine Christmas nowadays without that song. And my dad loves it. My parents love it. My grandparents love it. And it's one of those things that you can sing and everyone's like, I know what that's from and I know what that makes me feel like. It's a sad song, but it also talks about somebody who is willing to get back up on their feet, even if they're going through a time that's crushing because it's Christmas and these things will make them feel happier and they'll be able to get through it because in the end they're going to be fine. So mm. it's just one of those things that you listen to and you're like, it's going to be okay. It's beautiful. Thank you for singing that, and thank you for recording it. And, you know, um, you're right, especially, again, in the times that we're dealing with right now. It is, it's going to be okay. So, perfect song for that. Um, yeah. I want you to touch base on some of your awards and some of the, you know, obstacles you've you've had. But I want you to uh, talk about some of the most incredible moments uh, with awards and stuff that, that have happened to you. Share some things with us. Things, memorable yeah. moments in your life. Yeah, like the Miss Orange County. Like yes. that was a, that was pretty good. Like I want to hear about that. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I memorable moments for awards. I would say that my pageant career has been extremely memorable. Uh, I have met so many wonderful people through the Miss America pageants, and four of my bridesmaids for my wedding are actually from pageantry. Um, but when you start Miss America pageants, I originally started it because I wanted another platform where I could sing. That was the goal. And I had never done pageants before, but, I mean, you watch a lot of pageantry if you, like, Toddlers and Tiaras was one of my favorite shows when I was growing up, but uh, I had never been in a pageant, so I went and watched the Miss Ventura County pageant, and I decided this was something that I would be interested in, and so the next year, we made an effort, and we did it, and it was super fun, and I did four, I believe, I think it was four, four pageants up until the first title I won, which was Miss High Desert, and that was the first time I had ever won a pageant or a title, and so I got to go to Miss California, and when I'm saying you, nothing can prepare you for Miss California week, then being there is an understatement because you're running, like, basically from sun up to sundown. You're in theater, you're practicing, you're going to different events, you're walking across Fresno, basically, in heels. It's fantastic. So the first time I went, it was like a whirlwind. But the second time, when I won Miss Orange County, I originally wasn't going to do any more pageants. After the first Miss California, I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm done. I won my title. I'm okay. And then it started inching closer and closer to the end of when the local pageant season was going to close. And I was, you know, like when you're hemming and hawing and you're like, maybe I will. Maybe I, I was doing one of those. And I was laying on my parents' bed when I said to my mom, I think I'm going to do another pageant because the best part about being in a Miss America pageant, being a Miss America title holder, being a part of the organization is really the service that you get to do. 
And through Miss High Desert and through the time I had spent with the organization, I got to work with so many different people, meet so many different people, work with different platforms. And that was what really triggered me to do another pageant. That was what changed my mind. So I went for Miss Orange County and I won Miss Orange County. And the other title that was awarded at the time was Miss Orange Coast. And so I became one of three of the Miss Orange, like City of Orange Queens. And oh. so, uh, yeah, there's three of us. Oh, wow. <laughs> there, was three of us. there was Miss City of Orange, Miss Orange County, which who was I, and then Miss Orange Coast. And the other two girls quickly became some of the closest friends I've had ever. And those two girls, along with the my sister title holder from my first title, were are three of the four pageant girls in my bridesmaids. So lasting friendships made by Miss America. But we got to go to Miss California, and it's incredible every single time you get to go. There is a sense of co- competition because it is a competition. That's one of the reasons that you're there. But more than that, you get to meet children because the part of Miss America is the um, Children's Miracle Network, and you get to go work with little kids who are – really in some of the most important parts of their life when fighting like cancer or childhood mm. cancer, leukemia, of that nature. And so you get to go talk to them and they're just thrilled when they meet you. I also got to go work with veterans. That was a huge part of Miss California week. This last time you get to go to the VA hospital and meet all these people who have fought in like world war two, mm. Korea, Vietnam. And it brings such joy to them to see you walk in because there's people coming to see them, but also we're kind of, we kind of stand out in a crowd because there's like 51 young women all with giant crowns on their heads and like sashes and heels. It does cause kind of a hullabaloo, but it's just so much fun being a part of it. And when I got my name called as Miss Orange County, I didn't think I was actually going to win because I hadn't been preparing because I hadn't thought I was going to do another pageant. So it was kind of off the cuff and I turned in the pageant paperwork in the last like couple of days so when they called my name I was stunned I <laughs> there was people in the crowd who were some of my close friends from the last time and they were all screaming like one girl was like that's my best friend you just won and I was <sighs> one of those moments that you're like oh yeah so I got to be crowned with these people that I wouldn't have changed the last part of my Miss California experience of my Miss America experience for the world it was something that you can only write in books and I got to win the talent award and the other person who won the talent award the next night was actually our current Miss California. So I was in excellent company. Well, I have a question real quick from JR in the chat room. He wants to know what were your songs for the pageants? So I always sang Broadway slash opera for Mm -hmm. the pageants. So for my Miss California song as Miss Orange County, I sang Sempre Libera, and it's an operatic aria, La Traviata. And then the song I sang to win Miss Orange County is a song in Russian. And Mm. in English, it's called Spring Waters, but it's a piece. It's not actually an aria. It's not from an opera, but it's a classical piece that... I just fell in love with the first time I had to sing it for my senior recital, and that's what I sang. Wait, I have a question. One question, real quick. I don't want to forget uh, this. You sang in Russian? Yeah. um, Are you able to do, like, just a one-liner for us in Russian a cappella? Yeah, it's actually, um, I refer to it as my party trick, 
being trained classically, I can sing in nine separate languages. Do um, it. It's my fun party trick. Um, let me see if I can. And yes. are you are you fluent like in like uh, any other languages? Okay, so when people ask me that, I always I'm I like to joke, and so I'm like I'm fluent in English so far, but uh, <laughs> I can speak conversational French if you're very slow. Like if I, if you put me in the middle of France, I'd be able to survive for a bit, but I'm not gonna give like a dissertation in French. Gotcha. <laughs> so but, cool. Um, you sing uh, something for us. Let's see. Um, wow. Yeah, okay. I don't want to be. I don't want it to be so loud because I'm on the phone. But um, let me see if I can do this. So it would be. It's called Spring Waters. It's by Rachmaninoff. But it's like. Um, The reason I wanted you to do that for me is I was in Russia in the 80s when it was still communist. Oh, my God. I went to Russia through Lenox Hill Hospital on a health tour. I was in my 20s. Wow. So that's why when you said Russia, I was like, wow, so thank you for doing that for me. No problem. Wow. This is an incredible interview. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. Um, So any other highlights you'd like to tell us all about? I mean, I definitely, in, in my singing career, highlights for my singing career, uh, when I was in high school, I got to go on my first trip with my choir, and I had a solo in the choir, and I got picked out of the, it was, I think, roughly 30 different schools with, like, 50 people in each choir, so there's quite a few people. Um, we went down to the San Diego Heritage Festival, and I was picked as um, the best soprano out of every single person, so... I got like a cool award, like a little shiny. It's like a little shiny. It looks like a flame, but okay. it's a glass. Flame. And I remember calling my dad that night and being like, "I won best soprano," and him being like, "The Oscar is next," or the Tony <laughs> is next. Me being like, "Thanks, Dad." I love it. I absolutely love it. Oh my God, Justin, any questions? Uh, yeah. Um. Uh. So. Um. Like, uh, do you? Uh. Like. Uh. By any chance, like maybe, uh, uh, like, uh, okay, like so. Um, if you had to choose, like, uh, like your music, like, or your pageants, like, uh, uh, like which, like, uh, which one would you say that you're probably most comfortable with? I would probably say music because I've been doing it longer, and because it's the talent portion of the pageants was always my absolute favorite. So. It was something that I knew that I was comfortable doing across the board, no matter what, because I've always been performing in front of crowds since I was little. There's, I didn't become aware of it until this year that people were like, oh, can you sing in front of a crowd? And I was like, where else are you going to sing? But evidently, <laughs> oftentimes people sing like over a video or they sing in studios or they sing elsewhere. And I've only ever been trained like the opposite way. So I started on stage. So I would say that probably the singing because that's where I guess my heart gets to soar and gets to do what I'm most comfortable doing. But pageantry is, I recommend it to anyone to be able to do pageants because it gives you such poise and such grace and such confidence that I would recommend it to anyone trying to like hone their skills in like business or the way they present themselves. Yeah. uh, I'm just saying, I'm just saying because like the reason I'm asking this is because like, I know like some people, 
there are some people like who sing in pageants and like, uh, those uh, who don't. And I feel like uh, a way to like maybe like uh, combine the two. Like uh, I really feel like that that that's incredible. I mean, like you're a woman of uh, many talents. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. JR would like to ask, what is the hardest song you have performed? Oh, I have this answer right in my back pocket. Oh. So, um, <laughs> by far, the most difficult song to sing that I have had to sing quite a few times, and I sang it for my first Miss California, it's a song called The Hularaka, and it's in English, it's the Queen of the Night aria, and it's from the Magic Flute. It's actually ranked as one of the top five hardest soprano arias to sing ever um but that is the hardest thing i have ever had to train for hardest thing that i have ever had to sing hands down without a doubt wow so i always thought the hardest song was uh i'm telling you i'm not going jennifer holiday every time i hear like that i hear someone saying that i'm like i immediately like thing like making things like yeah it's just i when i've never actually sung that song so maybe i'll try it but i the Juhularaka, the queen of the night aria it's in german first of all but like second of all the top note is like multiple steps above the top of the staff and you have to hit it in what's called coloratura which is basically like the like if you think of a quintessential opera singer the like beep beep beep, beep noises that make um that's like half of the song so and it's so high so the amount of control that i had to train to do with my vocal coach at the time uh was insane it feels like you're standing on a train track and once you start like the music starts the train is coming at you and there's no way you can get off the train track like you're gonna get hit no matter what so, <laughs> i love you listen the way you're explaining things is cracking me up here today well, it's hard to explain a song because it's hard to explain when you're not like in the body but it feels like there's something coming at you that you have to sing like you have to make this noise no matter what but like you're not always sure you're completely ready for the like, heft of the song that's so, so great yeah, if you ever get bored, go type in, like, the Queen of the Night aria onto the internet, and so many wonderfully talented sopranos will pop up singing it, and you will understand what I mean. I'm writing this down, the Queen of the Night. I am going to do that. <laughs> that is so funny, the way you explain that. I love it. So, um, do you have anything that you would like to share with the listening audience that maybe at this point we still haven't touched base on. I would just like to thank you all for having me here and for letting me talk to you. It's been so fun. I would also like, if you guys like my antics and you want to hear me sing some more, you can always follow me on different social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram. And I just joined the cool kids and now I have a TikTok. Look how fancy I am. But, um, <laughs> I, I, TikTok. I honestly refer to myself as like a boomer millennial because I'm 25, but I have no idea what I'm doing with TikTok. And I'm like, what does this button do? So I, yeah, if you want to follow the rest of my journey or follow my antics, I come with Disney voices and a lot of Starbucks paraphernalia and a lot of music. So if you want to follow that and other than that, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Tell them, I, but wait, tell them your names on these platforms. It's, it's literally just Catherine Reeves 
um, or Catherine Reeves official, and it'll come up. I use my same name, same spelling across the board so that it's easy to remember for not only others, but for myself. And it's K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E? Yes. And And R-E-A-V-E-S? Yep. Okay. That's beautiful. Um, Yeah. So, um... What else? What else is there? You, what's what else is coming up for you? Do you know of anything like uh, you want like everyone out there to know? What else is coming up for me? I mean, this year is interesting because as you go into it, you're like, "What do I have planned?" Yes. Because I go outside, but um, I'm just like people look out for me is what I would say because I'm going to. <laughs> You're not going to forget me. Yes, that's my song. No, Um, I just hope to be out there for everybody and for everyone to hear my music and for us to really work on keeping the music of the greatest generation and after alive, because that's what I sing normally. And I hope to make it accessible for people nowadays. So not non-vocally, I'm getting married in June. So fingers crossed that actually happens. Yes, yes. So, you know, the marriage, the ceremony can still happen, sweetheart. Maybe the party can wait, but I get it. I understand. Yeah, it's so, there's so many people who I know who are my friends who have gotten married and they're like, we just eloped. And you're like, oh no, it's getting closer. Yes. So, listen, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed for that. Um, We still have another song of Catherine's we're going to play. We're not done yet. We still have some time. Justin, do you have any more questions? I... Uh, yeah, um, so, um, so, um, how does it, like, uh, feel, like, uh, to know that, uh, like, so, okay, so, uh, you had, like, all of these people, like, uh, reach, reach out to you, like, has it kind of clicked yet that like, you're, like, kind of, like, this, uh, you know, famous, like, uh, person now, like, uh, just because, like, oh my god, that's Catherine Reese from the show, like, uh, like, or, or, like, do you, like, like, how do you, like, uh, perceive that? I, well, no, and kind of, um, people have contacted me and the funniest thing that they've said is like, we're so sorry. We keep speaking to you. We can't, we can't believe you responded to us, but we just loved the way you sang. And we love like who, who you showed yourself to be on the show so much that we keep talking to you and trying to like, you know, have conversations. And I wrote back to these people there's quite a few people who have been like, we can't believe you responded. Um, that when somebody stops being interested in me, when people stop wanting to talk to me, when people stop saying, oh, that's Catherine, that's when the problem will start. Um, the same thing Dean Martin said as well. It's when people stop asking for autographs, you need to worry. Um, Wait, but- I have to say something. I have to say something. Okay, Mae West, and Justin probably doesn't know her. Do you know who Mae West was? Name sounds very familiar. Okay, your dad will know. Okay, and she had like this really big boobs kind of thing and she would be boisterous and she was hysterical. And she said, I'd rather be overlooked than looked over. And you know what? I agree with her so much so. So what you're saying is really true, but I have some news for you, sweetheart. I don't see that happening to you anytime soon. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah, I just hope to be like famous one thing but famous fleeting 
So I hope to make a career out of this that I can support my family, and that is the goal. That's the end goal. It's it's another job. I just happen to have a very fancy goal, and that this particular career path is basically make believe, and I get to play with clothes and dress up and sing it and do what I love every day, and I'm very lucky to be able to do that. But yeah, in the end, I hope people like the music, and I hope people see me, and they're like, yeah, she's she could be a celebrity or she is a celebrity, but. We can also speak to her. And we can, she'll write back. She'll be the person who consistently talks to people who love her. And, yeah, but, like, yes. I really want to know, too, like, does the pressure, like, ever get to you? Like, or, like, sometimes, like, do you always, because uh, now these days, like, people on social media, like, can be very uh, judgmental, like, uh, saying that you should do this or you should do that. Like, uh, like or does that sometimes, like, uh, kind of, like, uh, get to you a little bit? Um. Yeah, I would say that for anybody who wants to be or strives for perfection in themselves or strives for a certain like level of product that when you put anything out on social media or out into the world it's there permanently so you hope that it's your best and you want to make it your best and so there is a certain level of pressure I guess for me that I'm probably putting on myself if you think about it, um, <laughs> probably nobody else is being like, when is Catherine going to post again? But there's a consistent, like, try and stay relevant or trying to keep followers or try and push for that, that you're like, oh, God, I have to post now or I hope people like this or I hope it responds well. Because social media is such a huge part of the entertainment world nowadays. Like before, with like Lucille Ball and um, like White Christmas and Bean Crosby and Frank Sinatra and people like that, they didn't have to worry about, like, social media or Instagram. People would just do their job. There would be shows, there would be movies, and if you got on TV, that was the goal. But, like, now you have to be excellent at something that it's so hard to be good at. <laughs> or maybe it's just me. I'm really not the best social media manager of myself. So I guess, yeah, there is a certain sense of pressure that I put on myself to make good products that people will think are fun and like to watch and look at so kind of in a sense but you just gotta focus on the kids or the people who really want you to sing I've had little girls ask me to sing Frozen and like different Elsa songs because they love hearing me do it so much and that's what you are grasping for <laughs> I want to I want to say something to you about that Great question, Justin, by the way. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little different than most people. And, and ever since I was young, I'm not quite sure why, but I was always the tough kid who beat up other kids who bullied other kids. I was even in court at 10 years old. They gave me a juvenile delinquent card. Okay. But I never, ever was not nice to everyone. But if you were mean or bullied kids, that's when I would push you. So... I never cared what other people thought about anything. And what I want to say to you is this, you know, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Elvis, there will be negative things said, right? So those things I kind of, you know, kind of just laugh at. I had someone say something negative on someone else's Facebook page with my name attached to it. And I cracked up laughing. And I said to this guy, I said, wow, you're keeping me famous. Keep it going. LOL. And then he like wanted to be my friend. Do you know what I mean? So I just think anything people want to say, even if it's negative, is going to just bring you more to the forefront because the people who love you and care don't care. They laugh at that. 
That's true. Right? Okay, so I just had to say that for you. So we're coming to the part of the show now. Justin, is there anything else you would like to ask her? And is there anything else you would like to share with the listening audience? All right. Well, once again, I absolutely thank you so much, Catherine, for uh, doing this interview today. And I uh, really uh, enjoy like, uh, getting to know you and just a little bit about who you are, like uh, who you want to be, who you hope to be. And uh, for anyone out there uh, that's listening, uh, I absolutely thank you so much for, for uh, tuning in. Uh, it really means a lot to me. And uh, if you are interested in uh, sharing your story with me, uh, please uh, shoot me an email at justdrum1997 at gmail.com. And I will absolutely uh, take a look and listen to your story. So we're still going to play another song of Catherine's and then I'm going to surprise everyone, including Catherine and her dad with something I'm going to close with. Um, Justin, of course, I want to thank you, sweetheart, once again for always coming through. So you're awesome. I love having you as my guest co-host. Um, and keep doing what you're doing, kiddo. Catherine, as far as you're concerned, you know, with me, I think you're incredible. I think you're beautiful inside and out. And I want to thank you personally for giving us this time here on the show and on Remember Then Radio. You thank are, you so much for having me. You are going to fly high, girlfriend. And, <laughs> you know, a shout out to your wonderful family and parents for being such a support system for you. Because I think that's where it starts. That's yes, where it starts. Are. Yes. Um, so I want to let everyone out there know, once again, Monday night, please try to tune in to RTR. Uh, Kenny Kojak is interviewing me for Elvis Presley celebrating his 86th birthday. It's going to be all about Elvis, and that's Monday night, 8 p.m. I'm also doing an extra show on RTR this week, and it's going to be Saturday at noon Eastern Standard Time. And my superstar, up-and-coming, incredible country singer, he's a young man, his name is Hunter Lott. So guys, check him out as well, Hunter and La, L-O-T-T. He's on Facebook. He is awesome. So I will be doing a special Saturday show um, here, RTR, at noon Eastern Standard Time with Hunter Lot. So I want to say that to everyone out there listening. So I want to play Papa Can You Hear Me? And then Catherine will have you tell us a little bit about this song as well, okay? Excellent. Here we go. God, our Heavenly Father. God, and my Father, who is also in heaven. May the light of this flickering candle illuminate the night where your spirit illuminates my soul.
Tell us about this song and what it means to you, sweetheart. Wow. Um, I'm just listening to that back. I don't usually listen to my music very often because I'm such a... I always pick at myself and my parents are like, stop! But um, that piece is something that is also very hard to sing. It's a very difficult Broadway song to sing. Uh, Barbara Streisand is somebody that I have always looked to for how she's done in her career and how she's kept the longevity of it. She is actually just incredible in the way she sings of her placement and, but also like her comedic talent and her act. So getting to sing that song, especially when I have such a close relationship with my father, um, I can tell you personally, it's very difficult to have to like get through because you're trying the entire time to like keep your emotions in check. But it's also a piece that you can really, or like at least for me, I can just let whatever, like my vocal, I guess my vocal in the t- in the song, just go where it needs to go. Um, it feels good to sing it, and it's placed in the correct spot where it feels the best to sing. So it's just one of those pieces that I will sing around the house and continue to sing because it just feels good to sing it, but. It's also very emotional for me because of how I am with my dad. So that song and then um, uh, Wishing You Were Somehow Here Again from Phantom of the Opera also have to try and make sure I don't just burst into hysterics singing those songs. Well, I want to do something I don't usually do. I want to play one of your songs one more time before we close. And then I've got a special closing song I want to surprise you guys with. But I want to play Feeling Good one more time because... I'm just in awe. Here we go. <laughs> Catherine Reeves, feeling good. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new for me. 
show with special co-host Justin Drummond on RTR. Listen, I'm going to play a little closing note here. I want to thank everyone out there listening. I want to thank everyone in the chat room. What an incredible, incredible show today. Um, this up and coming rising star at only 25 years old, Catherine Reeves. But her dad is an Elvis fan, just like me. And Elvis Presley would have been 86 years old on the 6th. So for all our Elvis fans out there, including your dad, Catherine, here we go. Thank you for listening. I'd like to wish you a Merry Christmas and a wonderful New Year. Silent night, So tender and 
Your is born. 